That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Just jump into it. Jump into it. We are here another Friday night, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with your The Unfiltered Experience. I'm Christopher Rausch. And I'm Scott Goyette. And we are here to bring you some information, education, and some a uh, little variety tonight in the fact of the show here we're doing. We're not going to be having a guest. And we're going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects, me. We're going to be talking about my birthday, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be talking about what it means to age and how we go through that process and that journey. And so Scott and I are going to sit here and share a little bit of our perspectives on that particular situation. What are your thoughts on getting older, Scott? Well, I want to start with happy birthday, Chris. This is a, this is a big day for the world. I mean, this is this is why we're, we're here to celebrate our birth, our life. Like, this is a big day. So before I jump into what I'm going to say, I just want to wish you a nice happy birthday. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. It's just another another click on the another tick on the calendar or whatever it might be. But uh, yeah, the numbers are getting a little bit higher. But uh, feeling great, looking great, and ready to just crush twenty twenty one with everything that I am and I can be. I like it. I like it. So so my take my take on aging. You know, most people have a you know there, there's that one year that really crushed them. It usually seems to be on a decade. You know, people like hit 30 and they're like, oh, I'm not in my 20s or 40 and then 50 midlife crisis or or 60. Oh my goodness, I'm in retirement. Like there's some age that crushes people. The age that destroyed me most was literally not even a date. I was never bothered by 30, never never bothered by 40. I'm excited by 50. I actually see aging as a beautiful thing because it's an opportunity for me to be better and I can benchmark myself against other people, which excites me. I'm like, I'm gonna do even better than the masses. And so it's, it's, it's fun to benchmark. The thing that threw me off the most was in my mid twenties, where suddenly I was thinking, I'm no longer gonna get to play basketball in college. I'm no longer, you know, in this age group where like, I feel like, like I'm kind of a little kid. There was just this like limbo period that for a split moment, I was like, where am I? And then I was fine again. I've never had an issue with aging again. So how about you? Was there was there an age that you were like, wait a second, like this is this is harder than I expected. Yeah, and funny enough, as you were as you were mentioning that, I was thinking about a different story. But quite honestly, and this is going to sound a little creepy, but for me, that age was when I started realizing that when I was looking at young girls that they could be my daughter. That was for me. I was just like, wow, she's cute. She's in high school. That's the map. Nope, bad Chris, bad Chris. So that's that was that was what it was for me. Honestly, as transparent as I could possibly be, I'm like, yeah, that's creepy. And now I don't even. I'm like, nah, she's just. I can't even say she's pretty right now because she's probably like, you know, I've got t-shirts older than her. <laughs> so that was the weird thing for me is getting to that age and then being seen not not. And the other part of it was is I've always felt young and felt like just like you, like felt young, hang out with young people. But then I started getting the uh, oh well, you're older. And being reminded that I am the older guy out of the group, you know, like hanging out with some 20 somethings and being in my forties or even now in my fifties. Um, that's kind of like, Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got, it'll, it'll happen fast enough for you guys too. Yeah. And the, the, the funny thing about that one too, is like, if I go to the basketball court in the back of my mind, you know, there's this part of me that's like, well, of course I'm going to get picked first. And then, you know, as you're getting older, there's five or six kids who are 19, 20 years old. Of course, they're going to get picked first. They're fast. They're agile. They're youthful. And there's something fun about being the role player and, and being the best that you can be and bringing a certain energy and a brilliance and a wisdom to everything you do, whether it's basketball, whether it's, you know, um, you know a business relationship or a friend relationship. There's something fun just saying, I don't need to be the all-star. I'm going to bring one little piece of brilliance that's going to shift the dynamic of everything that I become part of. And there's there's a, a very chill beauty to that. And we always talk about that alignment of your why and your purpose. Once you find that, you just bring a little slice of that to everything that you engage in. And that's, I just find it fun. I, I literally don't see it as a negative. I mean, one of the things we should, we should chat a little bit about today is, you know, we do the eulogy with our, our coaching group. We have them do that eulogy and we tell them one of the most beautiful things that you can do in life is to literally slide in and your heart stops and you die. You don't want to go in and say, I could have, should have, would have. And so that's that's what I, I see with everything. I see, you know, sports, friendships, everything. Just be 100% all in and there's zero regrets. I mean, what do you think about that? And let's talk to the audience about the idea of writing your own eulogy and how important that is. It is. It's massively important, Scott. I'm glad you brought that up because until we have a roadmap of where it is that we're going, then how do we know how how it is that we're 
And, and we think that we have all the time in the world. And for me, you know, as I, as I sit there and approach 52 and become 52, you know, it's, it's crazy to think that, you know, when we're younger, we think we have all the time in the world. We think, oh, you know, by the time I'm 36 or something like that, time seems to go slower when you're, when you're younger. But as you get older, you start realizing, you know, when you start seeing your heroes and you start he seeing celebrities that you grew up with, like, oh, so-and-so is dead. So-and-so is dead. You're like, wait a minute. I just grew up with them just a minute ago. And you realize, okay, well, they were my age when I was their age. And now, you know, you just start putting things into perspective. So the eulogy exercise is, is powerful because when you wake up every single day and you realize what it is, your purpose and your passion and your why is here on earth, then you can't help but not waste any time in doing what it is that you're meant here to do. Um, so yeah, absolutely. And as you get older, I mean, I remember seeing this one guy or hearing it on a podcast once and I've stuck to it pretty much. And he talked about, he goes, he goes, how old are you going to be this year? And he goes, 78. And he goes, and I'm doing, I'm doing 79 pushups. And he's like going, and the host says, you know, why are you doing that? You know, you've already established yourself. He goes from every year, he goes, I want to get better. He goes, so last year I did 77 pushups. He goes, I do one more than my age just to show myself that I'm not going to take any shit from myself and I'm going to continue doing that. So I've always just hung on to that. It's like, we think about that as we get older, we don't get better. You know, we get older and we age and everything else. But the truth of the matter is, is depending on how well we take care of ourselves and what we do and we use technology and all the medical advances, we're going to be living longer. We're going to be doing more. So my excitement is the same way, Scott. It's the fact that there's, there is part of me that like, okay, the body starts deteriorating, which mine is doing. But the fact of what I'm gaining, what I'm learning in my mind and my passion and my authenticity and my transparency of who we're helping um, is just been massive. So yeah, I mean, I agree wholeheartedly. It's, it's the time to, to put the pedal to the metal and even do more. No doubt. And you, you know, it's funny, you were bringing up too, like just that, um, <clears throat> that idea of like aging and, you know, where were you at different points in your life? One of the, so something happened, you know, people say social media isn't a good thing. And you and I always disagree because we see all the beauty to it and we find the good in it. So two days ago, and I forgot to tell you this, two days ago, a friend of mine that I played basketball with in Mexico in 1993, you know, mind you, it's 28 years ago. He just contacted me. He's like, hey, I was hoping you were on here. You know, we were talking to a bunch of friends about you. We haven't seen you in so long. And he's like, do you remember me? And in my brain, I'm like, yeah, dude. Because in my brain, it literally seemed like it was just yesterday. I'm seeing Adrian, and I'm seeing like his look, and I'm seeing Rafa, and I'm seeing Miguel, and I'm seeing signs, and I'm seeing my, my buddies. And I'm like, holy shit, that was 28 years ago. That was Whoa. more than that was like more than half of my life ago when I played basketball with these guys. But to me, it seems like yesterday. And it just really made me go, wow. You know, the exercises we're always doing with people <clears throat> that we're talking about the importance of living every moment to the fullest. If this went by that fast, Chris, I can still smell the food that we would get for lunch. I remember eating that consummated pollo. I remember walking to the gym. I remember the exact route. I remember I used to stop and I'd get these um, tamales and they had fresh jalapenos and they did fresh jalapeno. And you, mm. I remember the whole experience, like it was literally yesterday. And when he called me, we were leaving. I mean, he contacted me. We were chatting for like an hour, reliving all of that together. And he's like, do you remember the game that we got in the fight with the other team? And I'm like, oh my God. Like, and we had this, it was like yesterday. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I'm like, if that went that fast and I'm 50 and average life expectancy forwards me to that would be the end of my life. The time back to then forward be the end of my life. So I'm going to live every single moment to the fullest. And we see so many people, you know, out in this world who aren't living to the fullest. You know, we what, what's what do they call people now? Like a Karen? They call like a, <laughs> who is it a, a Karen or whatever? Uh, stop yeah, being a Karen. Is the Karens of the world out there? You know, causing trouble. Tell me, tell me for a minute what what you think about like those people, those kind of people, like Karens. Oh, the Karens of the world. Don't even get me started, dude. The Karens of the world, um, it's pretty amazing, Scott. When I think about the Karens of the world, I somewhat I first of all, I feel sorry for anybody named Karen. So if you're if you're if you're named Karen and you're watching this, uh, this doesn't necessarily apply to you. But uh the Karens of the world, I think, are a basis of where society could say, stop being a Karen. And the people that are like, oh no, you know, this affects me and I don't want to deal with this, and that's infringing upon my right. And no, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna make it my business to have everything else that you're doing to you know, the Karens of the world are the ones that I just want to sit there and say, you know what, can I buy you a drink and then buy them a drink and then just throw it in their face and go stop being a fucking Karen. No, but seriously, being able to being able to have a conversation with the Karens of the world and just say, you know, is it possible for you to shift your perspective from one minute from being all about you to being about, you know, possibly anybody else in this world? Can we possibly, you know, listen to other people's perspectives instead of having it all be about you, Karen? 
I don't know. I don't know. That's that's kind of where I'm at with it. It's it's just it's just in a very annoying situation. But uh, you know, I would just love to know from a Karen what they think. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here on the Unfiltered Experience, we bring to you Karen. Karen, what do you think about this? Karen, you're muted. Nobody moots Karen. I was going to say, Nobody somebody, somebody moots Karen. Nobody. Somebody just did. Chris, this isn't a game. Listen to me. First of all, it's Karen with a Q because I'm a queen. I'm a queen, okay? I just want you guys to realize something. A lot of people out there might think that I'm the stereotypical typical problem with the world, but I'm not the problem with the world. I'm exactly what's right with the world. More people need to get people to be accountable. I go to the manager for one reason. You know why? I go to the manager because, see this gray hair? I deserve it. I'm wise. I know things. You guys talk about age like it's this thing. I talk about age as wisdom. What do you know, Chris? What do you think you know? I know everything, Karen. Ask me. Ask me anything. Okay, I'll ask you something, Chris. How old are you again? 52. 52 years old, Chris. And you think you're smart, don't you? I think I'm very smart. I'm not so sure about that, Chris. I got a question for you. Lay it on me. Christopher, what's my favorite band? Your favorite band? Um, your favorite band is probably Oingo Boingo. Karen Carpenter. Karen Carpenter. I love their songs. Yeah. Chris, I think it's about time for you to do a little soliloquy for us again. A little time. soliloquy. Yeah, a little soliloquy. I would love to do a little soliloquy. How do you spell fucking soliloquy, Karen? Oh, it's S O L I. I'd forget the rest of that. Ah, <laughs> see, <laughs> see, Karen doesn't know shit. See, don't. Be a Karen, gentlemen. That's the most important part of this. This this uh, public broadcasting announcement has been brought to you by the Unfiltered Experience. Christopher Roush and Scott Goyette proudly sponsor this episode to let you know, don't be a Karen. So, you know, obviously the most important aspect of this conversation is the fact that we need to be listening more and not judging so many people from the basis of our limited experiences. And, you know, the big ob observation in life is to be able to have a discussion um, openly with people and be able to listen. That was one thing that I really found in my time in, uh, in doing the interviews and everything else. And I don't know about you, Scott, is the fact of listening is so paramount really important to what it is that we need to do here in the world. What do you think about that? No, I agree with you. And obviously we're trying to throw in some fun and uh, have some fun here. But in all honesty, Chris and I are always talking about exactly this, that there's so many of us who are trying to point fingers and say, this is a bad person, putting labels like Karen or whatever it is. That lipsticks, I'm not really good at putting that on, by the way. Not yeah, well, it actually looks pretty good. <laughs> she did. Scary. I, mean, I was like a little kid going like this, like smearing it on. Um, but so all jokes aside, so many of us really dive into that idea of, of labeling people and saying, you know, this group or that group or that group. Even the idea of Karens, as we joke and we make fun of it, that's one more group that we're alienating. You know, instead of figuring out if there's somebody that we call a parent or Karen or somebody that we say is a uh, a dumb liberal or a stupid conservative or whatever you know crazy names we're putting on things the second we isolate that group we're breaking up this opportunity to age and fall into something beautiful more of a unity and a oneness which you got you and I are always talking about um and I do it too you know we all do it like it's fun to you know be Karen with a Q or make fun of other people and be silly but at what cost does that come because we see our country right now so divided we see that Instead of as we're aging, we're becoming more united and more in love with the world, we're becoming more divisive and more angry. And that's, I mean, honestly, it's a sad thing. And you and I are always talking about how do we, how do we become that brilliance and be that light as we get older and really fall in love with life so that we can be in service to other people. And sometimes I think I've got all the answers and sometimes I realize I probably have none of them. Uh, and so, I mean, what do you think about that? Because, because I mean, that was our conversation earlier today when I was walking to the gym, you know, what do we do to be that brilliant, 
What do we do to fall in love with every age and every minute? What do we do to make sure that we're leading the way so that everyone can fall back in love with themselves and be united and be brilliant? It's a great question. I think I think it goes back to what you've said many times is we have to be the mirror. We have to be the mirror to what it is that we expect. If we expect people to be out there and be kind and forgiving and understanding and empathetic and listening, then we need to be setting that example for others as well. And, you know, it also goes back to the eulogy experiment. I don't want to be remembered for being an asshole and being a, a judgmental prick. I want to be remembered for being an open-minded person who listened to other people's opinions and may not have disagreed with them and may have adamantly disagreed with them, but did not wish them any will harm. It's like, okay, that's your thing. And that's what you want to beat your drum against. Fine. By all means, go be it. Um, I want those people showing up at my funeral going, you know what? I never agree with Chris. I never liked his swearing. I never did it. But that guy always had an open mind and gave people the floor of what, what it is they could have their opinion on because he promoted that. So that's the way I look at it. I look at it as trying to be that. It's not perfect because obviously like we're human. We're human. We're going to have those moments where we're like, oh my God, what the fuck are these people thinking, right? Because we're on that journey and there's still a portion of us that still is retained, I think, in what it was that got us here. So I always go back to Street Chris, right? And I think about Street Chris and Street Chris is one of the immediate personalities that comes out in these situations it's like but i've learned as i've as i've gotten older and gotten wiser i've learned to be able to pump pump those brakes pushing the clutch whatever analogy i needed to use in order to say okay how can i be the bigger person out of the situation how can i possibly be the bigger person because i watched my mom be the right person in all those situations and not be the happy person but for me i look at it as how can i be the light, how can I show the way for somebody else to, to come along? And it may not be immediate. And that's another thing I've had to learn is that although I think I'm all that in a bag of chips sometimes, that other people aren't going to recognize that or see that, or they may even feel like inferior about that. Like I may represent their dad, like, oh, their dad was strict with me. I don't want to be around my dad. I'm going to, I'm going to defy my dad and go do whatever the fuck I want to do. I'll show you kind of thing. Um, so it's just, it's just different aspects, but I just continue to find the people that are in the middle. Like when we had that conversation with Jason last week and finding the people that are, are opinionated and that maybe have some, some perspectives that we can all align and we can all listen to each other about. What do you think? I think it's perfect. And I want to lean into something that I've seen and to honor you and what you're saying on your birthday, I want to bring this up because one of the things that people don't get to see is you and I talking off the air. And I think it's really important to be transparent because we always talk about it. So, one of the things that you and I always do is we might speak truth and say, hey, this person's irritating or this person's upsetting. But I don't think either one of us have ever said, I hate that person, whatever we say. How could we help them step up in the growth process? It's always about what can we do to be in service to them? What can we shift in our messages? What we, can we do to make things better? And always be listening. You know, is there something that we're missing? It's not a one-way street. Um, to the point, one of the things that I've noticed is our approach to not be attacking has always paid off in spades. And you know, we just brought it up. There were three different posts that I've seen some of our listeners, and if somebody here, it's one of them, and it was you, you know, that that's fine. There were things that they posted that were divisive and or incorrect, not even true, and things that are bringing no benefit. And I literally asked that: Is this true? Is this bringing benefit? Why are you putting this out there? <clears throat> and in that those posts were all removed at different times by different people. And I think that's beautiful because we've created a relationship with people that were being very honest and high level integrity and listening. And they were able to see that and move away from something that was not serving the masses. So we're doing our best to live our brilliance, be in integrity, you know, live our purpose. And we fail constantly too. And if you, if you put a message, on one of my posts, the exact same thing. And I'm like, damn, you're right. That's super divisive and it's it's not serving anybody. If I really believe that, I would remove that too. And I love that. I love mm -hmm. the fact, and, and we talk about it. Remember we were talking about um, resilience, rise up and be resilient in, in the fear model. We were talking about team. On your team, you have to have somebody that you can trust, somebody who's your energizer, somebody who's that person who forces accountability. And then there's the mentor. This is that A, that, that accountability person. We're being that to our family. And I'd really love to see more of that to force accountability with love. That would make our world such a much more beautiful place. And if there's something that you could do with age is stop living on autopilot and touch people's lives, 
do it in a way that always comes with love. Make sure you're not doing it so that they feel cornered or trapped. And, you know, I think both of us do that. And I really honor the way you do it. And I love the way you do it with me, especially where you see me starting to get caught in an emotion. You say, but what if? Do you understand? Hmm. Do you really think? And I'm like, screw you. <laughs> you know, I'm like, <laughs> but, but, we, a minute. but it's fun. It's fun. Like we bring each other back around. So. And that's, and that's important. I want, and thank you for saying that, Scott, because I really appreciate that. And also to your point, um, thank you for doing that for that person, because I had a similar situation happen to me where I posted something thinking that, you know, and we do, we post things out of our emotional side and we're like, I don't give a fuck at this point. I mean, I could tell two stories about that, but the one story I want to tell is that you gave that person an opportunity to revisit their post that they may have done in an emotional state, or they may have just gotten off the conversation with somebody who is somebody that's, you know, there, they may be here, but that person may have lent you know, just bent their ear to be this position, you know, whatever the subject was. Um, so you taking the time to say, Hey, listen, you know, what does that benefit? Gave that person that opportunity to change that and remove some perhaps embarrassment or actually look at it from a different perspective. Cause I've done the same thing too. It's like, you know, I'll see the, the hate and the divisiveness or, Hey, look at me, I'm trying to stake a claim. You know, some people had posted like, you know, effective this day, you know, uh, as of Biden's taking the office, here's where our jobs are. And here's where I'm like, so what are you trying to prove? What is this? What do you want to come back to me in four years and say, ha ha, I told you. I mean, what's the point in that? I've had people sit there and keep it up and I've had people, you know what? I didn't really realize that. I thought I was just kind of like saying, Hey, for the record here, but I had the same situation happen back when, uh, when the George Floyd killings happened. I don't know if you remember this, but I had posted, you know, yeah, we were just talking about it. The Candace Owens thing. I was out there gathering information, gathering information. I was like, okay, who's this person? Oh, she seems intelligent. She seems, okay, cool. You know, here's another aspect. Here's another perspective to share. I posted on social media. My buddy, David Cameron came on and said, no, 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 Chris. No, no, no. She's seeing one side of the story. He had me see this other person. And then he talked with me through it and says, okay, here's the, here's the, the agenda that's coming on with that. And it got me to realize, I'm like, oh my God, I'm not, I'm spreading shit. I don't understand. And that was the key point for me. It was like, I better understand my shit, especially when it's this important and it's about a demographic that is not me. I better make sure I have my facts straight before I go and posting this shit. So it taught me, hey, listen, it may be something I can post, but I have to really understand it more and understand what the potential impacts can be on other people. So that's what I'd learned from that. Yeah. And we had that conversation. That's a beautiful point too. And, and the same thing has happened to me. Um, you know, one thing that we don't always share because you've met me since a lot of my thoughts are evolved, but a buddy of mine from Rotary, who's a black guy, him and a, another friend who this is, he's a, I think he's from Mexico or Honduras, I forget, but both of them, when the first thing that happened, um, when Colin Kaepernick first took a knee way back when I understood what was happening and I fully supported it. But I said, I said something, it took me two seconds to figure it out, but I said, um, do you really think this was the right time? And they both just froze. And they're like, the right time. And I'm like, I'm like, seriously, though, I'm like, you know, you know, it's pissing off a lot of people because of the football game. And they're like, the right time. And I could feel I'm like, something's coming. So they sat there and they went through the whole like concept of what is the right time? You know, do you know how many times somebody has said it's the right time? And they were going through it. And by the end of that little like total rant where I'm like, okay, I feel like an idiot. And I wasn't defending the idea that it really wasn't the right time. I was just, I was echoing what I could hear this side of this group saying. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I need to take a stance with them and say, hey guys, when is it the right time? So I really went and dumped a lot of new information and educated myself more fully because I was always the bridge. I was like, okay, I understand you, I understand you. And I was literally understanding the oppressive group a little too much and echoing their talking points. And I was only doing it to be a conduit of conversation. But what I was doing was making myself part of the oppressor group. And this group wasn't listening. And I had to lean this way a little bit more to say, I hear you, but tell me when the time is so they know. They won't give me a time. So maybe you, maybe you are right. And so I was kind of trying to shift my, my bridge because mm -hmm. I felt like the bridge was very a one-sided bridge that only certain people could get on. And so to the point... All this stuff comes with age. All this stuff comes with wisdom. And I would define wisdom, not so much what you learn, but what you've unlearned. Because Ooh. my knowledge was incorrect knowledge. That's a great point, Scott. What, not what you've learned, but what you've unlearned. You know, basically, speaking speak to the point of the, the programming and the conditioning that happens to us when we're younger, that we have to go on fuck ourselves later on, generally speaking. But what you're saying is, yeah, the wisdom is in what it is that we unlearn. And it was something I was saying the other day. Somebody was asking... 
it was a it was a room on Clubhouse about listening. And they're like, what are your thoughts on listening, Chris? And I said something and I was surprised I said it so eloquently, but I said, you know, interesting for somebody who talks a lot and who listens very well, I think listening for what's not being said. And I said, listening for the spaces in between, the silence in between, listening for that. And the whole room was just like, oh my God, oh my God. And I'm like, yeah, I, I said, I can't take responsibility for it. I heard somebody else say it, but when I heard them say it, it hit me and it's like, okay, cool. New perspective. And that's the Dave Matthews song too, A Space Between. Like if you wanna to listen to an amazing artist, listen deep in his words, cause he's having those conversations and I'm, I'm all in with you. It's, it's the nuances, it's what, what people are trying to get across. I mean, the one thing that's nice, and I don't know how many people really realize this versus doing a podcast with one person or two, is when you're talking and I can really listen, I can stop and listen to you and I can listen to our guests and I can really lean in and go, what are they trying to say? What is it they're missing? What do they want to say? What did Chris ask? Did uh, they, they they turned a little like and you see us doing it where we're going, there's something else here. And so that's where we're kind of leaning in and we're trying to like find what really wants to be said here. And I think that's a beautiful thing as we age and as we grow up to help people remove the mask and speak their truth versus just talk. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. and again, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I people are people are hungry for that. People are starving for the realness, the rawness. What is the truth? And I think the more that that we help people feel comfortable and provide that space for them to be vulnerable and ask those questions, um, the better that humanity is going to be. Because I was just saying this uh, earlier in one of the clubhouse rooms. I said, I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna just start a men's group that is just all about you know showing guys that are fucking tough. Because people look at me like, oh my God, you know, you're not vulnerable. I'm like, fuck, I cry at the notebook, whatever. But just creating a men's group to let men know that you have to fucking let go of some of this shit. And that's how we can start healing, you know, the people around us, right? I mean, it all starts from within, but it, it starts with that, that rawness and that willingness to let our guard down. I think people are seeing that, but I think at the same time, and this is my question for you, I'm also seeing people, you know, putting their guards up even higher. I just saw a Facebook post earlier and I'm like, I thought we were over this shit already. Really? You're still going to hang on to that crap? There's like, Put, put my sign up higher. And I was like, okay. If you have a good question for me, could you ask that question on full screen real quick before we finish up? Can I ask you that full screen? Oh yeah, I could do that. No, <laughs> no, you full screen. <laughs> you full screen, me full screen. Hi, I'm Christopher, I am full screen. Hi, what's up ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? How are you guys doing out there? Hey, be sure to ping us with any questions or any comments that you have might be about the show because we'd be happy to address those at this time when I'm full screen. But no, seriously, um, I want to also thank you guys all uh, proactively and reactively for my birthday wishes. I love you guys. Yes, uh, it has been a journey. It's been crazy. And, and to Scott's point um, just a few minutes ago, when you think about you know time and you think about the perspective of time uh i invite you to look at it this way you know depending on wherever you're at in your journey just think about the last 10 years of your life just think about what you were doing 10 years ago and just really absorb how fast that went my dog is going to be seven years old this year it blows my mind the other time it feels like the other day i was just saying is Ozzy three or four now he's going to be seven it's amazing to me finding out how fast times how, how fast times time flies. And also to Scott's point, when you think about the 10 years, what are the next 10 years going to be like? What are we going to make those 10 years mean, make them to mean for us? Are you going to spend them in quality? Are you going to spend them in opportunity? Are you going to spend them in giving and making a difference in this world? Or are you going to spend it being angry and resentful and everything else? It's just going to make you toxic and die early. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I have no idea, but I, we, uh, we might be able to get some perspective on that, uh, from, 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 uh, from our, from our, Another perspective point. Good they evening. Call, they call me DB. DB for decibels? Disco Biscuit. Disco Biscuit. Welcome, like, Disco Biscuit. I like to dance, and I also like Southern comfort food. So they call me Disco Biscuit. Disco Biscuit. Do you have your own, uh, do you have your own variety show, Disco Biscuit? I was, I was thinking about it. I was going to get my own cereal line. I, I used to have a really cool voice, but I forgot to do the voice as I started talking. So I'm already stuck in this voice, <laughs> but I had a good voice. Can I shift into it? Is that legal? Sure. By all means, shift into it, Disco Biscuit. <laughs> yeah, my name is Disco Biscuit, baby. What's your Thanks. name, Christopher Roush? It's been a long time since I've seen you, Christopher Roush. You got a What's question up? for me? What's up, Disco Biscuit? Um, Disco Biscuit, what do you think of the Karens of the world? The Karens of the world, they're unrightly labeled. 
the people trying to make a living, trying to live life. Instead of criticizing, we need to teach. We need to teach them to unlearn. And if those Karens in the world were able to unlearn because we gave them a little bit of compassion and we leaned in with love, the world would be a better place. Christopher Roush, I'm a big fan of love. <laughs> you're a big fan of love? Well, with I a name it. like Disco Biscuit, uh, you're going to either be possible, you're going to be popular in jail or in the club. So either and or both. I ate two Disco Biscuits prior to this event, and I'm feeling really good. Really wow. good. So, uh, so Disco Biscuit, what is your what is your opinion on the aging process and the journey that we go through um, from start to death? So one of the things that, uh, you know, I've heard you talk about because I love your show. I love your show. I think it's very important to understand that we have in our lives, we create an identity before age five and it's not created by us. It's created by others. We need to realize throughout our life as that identity is piled on us, we need to unlearn. And when we unlearn, then eventually we can love ourselves more. Did I mention that I love love? You love love. So uh, I love that. What do you, what do you, what recommendations do you have for people who have a hard time with love? Love has been, love has been rude to them. Love has been vicious to them. Love has been vindictive. Love has betrayed them. What do you say to those people uh, who need love back in their life? Stop looking out here. Stop looking out here and come in here. Because as soon as you love yourself, you can love others. And the quicker you love yourself enough, you can love all the ladies. Did I just say that out loud? Yes, you did, Disco Biscuit. <laughs> you said it out loud. Okay. This might be a good time for you. I just went into a southern country <laughs> for you to soliloquy again. <laughs> ah, yes. Ah, ladies and gentlemen. Um, there you have it. There, you know, the unfiltered experience, ladies and gentlemen, you never know who's going to stop by. Uh, we have a cast of characters that just stop by the studio at any particular mo moment in time for, uh, to bring a unique perspective, make a little light on the situation. But, uh, obviously we are here to speak the truth about what it is that we can all do in our representation of who it is that we really want to be and show to the world. I think, um, the point we're really trying to make through, through some humor is to, you know, um, shift your perspective, shift your state, bring a little bit more uh, light and silliness to the, to the situations that we find so depressing and so dark. If we can't sit there and look and laugh at some of the ridiculousness that we do, um, like Scott and I are saying, we're pointing ourselves out. I mean, even to the point we were talking about earlier, um, you know, the fact that whatever happens in the world or whatever happens, you know, that might be different from the opinions that we have. If there comes a day where something is told to us and says, Hey, you know, Chris, Scott, you know, world, here's the real truth about a situation that you were blindsided by. We're going to be the first person raising our hands and going, Holy shit. Didn't see that one coming. You know, kind of like a, a crazy movie where you're like going, Oh my God, there was a, there's a, there's a, there's a switch. There was a mix up. Okay. I'm enlightened. Wow. I'm sorry. I apologize. What can I do better? You know? No, that's a great point. And you, we had that conversation today, too. I, I would challenge everybody who listens to our show ever to try to do this, because I think this is so super important, exactly what Chris is saying. If the information that you have right now that you believe is truth is completely disproved, what does your reaction look like? It's an important thing for all of us to ask and really be honest with that, because what I've noticed is there's certain things coming to light that are breaking down people's identity right now. And they're doubling down on mistruths or the few things that they're aligning to that are still truth. And they're saying, if this is true, this must be true. Instead of saying, wait a second, if these things aren't true, maybe I need to back up and visit what I've been saying for a while because it's not making any sense. So if that's the case, the minute that, like that, that's happened to me multiple times. That happened, you know, what I was just talking about with the Colin Kaepernick thing. If you're in a situation where you realize, wait a second, you know, I was here, I should have been here, I made some mistakes. Once you realize that you were either incorrect, taking a wrong stance, not listening closely, any of those things, step back for a minute. Don't make five posts to double down on your yesterday's belief, because that's what too many of us are doing. Because what you're really hoping is that you get enough people to say, yeah, you're right. And you go, oh, good, I don't have to admit the truth. And then you dive back into your bullshit. Stop that. Mm -hmm. Please. Stop that. And 
right now, Chris, definitely, Chris and I have some people that like, we really are intrigued by, like very intrigued by, we're like, we, we follow, we listen, we're trying to figure out how they got to the belief system they've gotten to. And we're, especially me, I mean, I'm crazy with this stuff. Chris is like, like thinks I'm nuts. I like to analyze everything that they're saying so that I can understand where they're coming from. Because the more I can understand them, the more I understand myself, the more I can understand how to be the most brilliant individual in service to other people. You'll never hear me give a shit if I'm right. Here's what I care about. I want to be aligned to what is right, but it's indifferent. It's not me. I, I'm, I'm Scott Goyette. Truth is truth. Chris is Chris. We're trying to find that alignment. But if we're wrong about everything, we're going to walk over to truth tomorrow and we're going to meet you all there. But here's what I don't do. And I shouldn't say I don't do it because um, we all do it. I make a very big effort not to align to my truth based on emotion. Are there things that I align to based on emotion? Of course there are. But what I am really working hard to do exponentially is align to truth based on truth and move my emotion out of it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And we all need to do that a little bit more. I mean, what do you think of that, Chris? Because that was a big topic for us. You know, you and I chatting earlier today, too. Big time, big time. It reminds me. It reminds me of the uh, the un the untethered soul. I keep screwing that book up for some reason. The untethered soul, and talking about um, was it? The, it was one of those Mickey Solinger, Mickey Mickey books. The untethered soul. I'm pretty sure it was. And the fact that he says, you know, when we're in our emotions, the emotions are like beating up us in the face. You know, anger, blah 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 blah. And we're just like, like just getting hit in the face with, you know, well, I'm not going to say that. Getting hit in the face with like mosquitoes or something like that. And we're just like, oh, get it off, get it off, get it off. Um, but all we have to do is just go like this and we just let it go by it's like the freeway we're not if we're watching the freeway from uh, from from denny's having our breakfast we're not in the traffic we can choose to be in the traffic we're sitting there going oh my god if i was sitting in the car right now i'd feel like this and i'd be all pissed off we can sit there and go wow it sucks to be those guys sitting in traffic or wow i'm really thankful i'm having a you know a grand slam breakfast right now we have that opportunity at any time to, to take our head out of the traffic and take our head out of the minutiae and say you know what again asking that very simple question what is it that i'm hoping to gain from this action I'm taking. If we, if we just ask ourselves that all the time, what am I hoping to gain out of eating this, 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 this uh, dessert right now? I'm hoping to gain a momentary uh, sense of, of calmness and, and fun and being a little bit of a, a, a renegade. Okay, cool. Be honest with yourself. What am I hoping to gain in this situation? I'm hoping to piss a few people off because I'm sick and tired of what they say and what they stand for. Okay, really? Okay, that's going to be a short-term gratification like the other thing, but what's your long-term game plan? What is it you're going to continue doing? Because it's like drinking poison, expecting everybody else to get to get sick off that. you know. And that's really the, the, the ultimate meaning I come to, Scott, when I think about all of this, is the stress and the absolute absurdity with which we kill ourselves, expecting other people to feel the pain you know, in all of this. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, and I've got to look in the mirror on that one too, because you know what's what's my amount of investment in trying to figure out how to change others versus change myself, and am I doing it to change others, or am I doing it to be the best me possible so people can see a role model to potentially follow? And it would be the latter, but sometimes I catch myself trying to change, and then I have to ask myself, what's the reason? Am I pushing you to change because I think you're wrong? Or am I trying to model something that I think might benefit you? There's a big difference. There's a big difference. And you, you and I brought up something too. And we said this with a thousand percent honesty and you'll never see either of us stray from this and we were clear about it. I would rather be on a stage speaking to two people with you, speaking truth and being in my why and in my purpose than be smart enough to get a bunch of people that I'm a mirror to, to follow me speaking non-truth or mm -hmm. speaking just based on emotion or speaking things that create more divisiveness or speaking things like if i'm going to say it i'm going to make sure that i believe that ultimately this will lead the masses to a better place i'm never doing it to say i'm right i'm never doing it to get more people to follow me i mean i guarantee you if we spent the next 15 minutes creating a way to get more people to follow us it'll be easy we could sit here and come up with some shock jock bullshit, but i just don't want that I want, I want the people who follow us and follow isn't even the right word because I don't want you to follow me. I want the people who engage with us, who are part of our crew, who are part of our interaction and part of our, our growth, our mutual growth. I want those people to be in line with our integrity. I want those people to be in line with dreams that, you know, we all share. I want them to be in line with our sense of self being something much bigger than the individual. 
And as long as that's occurring, if there's 50,000 people, 5 million or one, I'm already okay. Nothing, nothing changes with more people. I'm just excited to see that more people are on board with an expanded sense of self and a love of humanity. That's it. That's the only change. Mm-hmm. My, myself, it's all the same. So yeah, that's where I'm yeah. at. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. And it's, 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 it's about, it's about integrity and it's about really our values. When you think about it, Scott, I can't remember the last time, you know, aside from a coach, somebody asked me, Chris, what are your values? And then like, ask me, okay, so why, why are your, why are those values so important? Why is honesty so important? Why is trust so important? Nobody ever really questions, questions us on that. When you go back, where do we get our values usually from our parents? Oh, this is what we value. This is what we value. We value this. We value this. And that's what you're going to value. You're going to grow up valuing these things. We get, you know, brainwashed in the brain. And then we have to go back again, like we've said, and learn how to unfuck ourselves. And the same thing, it's at the end of the day, we're going to look back on our lives. And I know you've done this too as well. And I've talked to so many people who are older and I'm so grateful for that. And in asking them that very transparent question, like, you know, if you had your life to do over again, what would you do differently? And the fact of the matter is they would worry a lot less about shit that did not really matter in the grand scheme of things. It's like, is this going to matter in five weeks, five months, five years? No, really? No. What's going to matter the most? The matter, what's going to matter the most is the relationship with your kid, the relationship with your spouse, the relationship with you know other family members, the relationship with yourself is going to matter the most because at the end of the day, that's who you're going to have the, the, to talk to the most in those final years and either celebrating the fact that you were on a journey and that you, that you learned to accept that sometimes you may have to go through um, shifts in your perspective that may be uncomfortable and downright you know contradictory to what you've done throughout your entire life. But at least at the end of the day, you can go and see that you've learned and you've grown, you've expanded um, for, for the fact of being here, right? I mean, that's not why we're, why we're supposed to be here, Scott, is to, to learn and expand and to grow. A thousand percent. And and you you just nailed it. And everything you've said in the last few minutes has nailed it because that visual of sitting in Denny's and the traffic's in front of you, you can live your life sitting in Denny's. The traffic is always going to sit in front of you. Is there a point you need to get in it? Sure. But you also have a choice to wait till the traffic's down. You also have choices. And you might say, well, not during you know my job time. I've got to go home at a certain time. There's always a way around everything. There really is. We've decided that we're slaves to this world and the way it is. We're slaves to our emotions. You know, um, I'm angry because of everything everybody else does. Um, I can't find love because I'm only looking out there and never here. There's, we're just talking to our coaching group about this exact same thing. I, I can't say enough. If you work inside here and fall in love with yourself and you really look at what your values are from what you want this world to look like, and so are you somebody who says you want people to be honest, but you're dishonest? Well, check that. Are you somebody who says you want accountability, but you're not accountable yourself? Maybe check that. Are you somebody who says, you know, you want connection, but you're never there when somebody else needs you? I mean, th- this is this is the real world. And there's a lot of people looking and realizing that a lot of these people in this world right now are full of crap in the moment. And they're not where they truly can be yet. And way too many people are in this space. And it's driving me crazy Mm -hmm. because I look at how beautiful these human beings are. And and Chris and I will see somebody be like, I love that person for this, 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 and this, and this. Why are they still saying that? Because it's almost like all this beauty is getting canceled out by the other shit they're doing. And I'm like, I'm like, why? And so... Chris and I were talking about this earlier, and this is something that I really want everyone to think about. I truly believe that as we age and as this world, you know, just just continues on, I think that we're in a space of this massive, beautiful awakening, and we're really understanding the power of looking inward. So what I would say to answer the first question that we started with after we said happy birthday to Chris is I think that the quicker we dive inward and the universe through COVID, through snowstorms in Austin or wherever else they're going on, has given us a lot of time to look inward. If you haven't listened to nature and the universe yet, please do. Because the quicker you do this, the quicker you realize everything outside is me inside. And you'll be amazing at bringing your brilliance and your gifts without that double talk or without that stuff that's hurting people simultaneously. You can bring all all the good and you can drop off all the fluff. I promise you have the capacity to do it. So my challenge to everybody, including me, including Chris, in fact, that's your birthday gift to Chris. Everybody who's listening right now, everyone who's watching, 
go out right now and figure out how you can be the most brilliant person possible without the fluff that you deep down know that you're bringing to the world that doesn't contribute to growth or happiness. Remove that, escalate that which is brilliant, and we'll say happy birthday to Chris. Bam, I love that. I love those birthday presents, hell yeah. Put them in the comments, let us know, let us know, definitely. And even to your point, Scott, uh, building on that, is I was just talking with somebody uh, earlier, and I said, you know, and it, it, what came to mind was congruency and really thinking about the importance of congruency. Because once you have your values set and once you have what you stand for set, then it's a question of just questioning yourself. And those, it's just a question of questioning yourself. It's just a question, a question, a question of yourself. How many times do you have to question yourself? How many times can a beaver chuck wood? Beaver can't chuck wood. Woodchuck couldn't woodchuck wood. Anyways, what was I saying? <laughs> ah, see, I got it all spun around. Um, I got it spun around. I thought I was, I was actually going to come back out with it. No. Um, the fact that when I was talking to somebody about, you know, we always have the capacity in our life to do what it is that we could do to make a difference. And today, I think you saw it a little bit. I went in a clubhouse to, to be in a room and all of a sudden it was 9-11 Texas. And all of a sudden we were, I was like, okay, moderate this. And they were trying to send relief aids and everything down there um, to what we were doing, uh, to what's going on in Texas. And I just, it, it occurred to me in the conversation that happened afterwards is like, man, so man, everybody's really pulling together and doing what they can to help each other. And I said, we should all be doing that. And immediately, Scott, I did a gut check. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And I brought up the subject. I said, you know what? I said, how many of you, I was on Clubhouse. I said, how many of you guys have uh, Nextdoor, Nextdoor app? Does that exist? I think it exists all over the country now. And I said, well, here's a perfect opportunity for me to raise my hand and say, I'm not doing everything I could be doing in that congruency factor of, hey, let's help our community out. I'm like, I could go on Nextdoor and say, hey, listen, I'm a coach. Uh, I'm, I'd be willing to give anybody in my, my, my community, my neighborhood, you know, a free coaching call or whatever it is. And I can help you get through a, a negative situation going on in your life and help pay it forward just in my, my own neighborhood, you know, just in the 200 houses just around me. I could easily walk around and put a, a note on the door and say, hey, listen, if you're struggling and having tough times, I'm your neighbor. I'm at 7039. You know, if there's ever anything I could do and lift your spirits, you know, if you're having a tough time, lean on me. I haven't done that. And I could easily do that in two seconds. I could go do that in the next 20 minutes and I haven't done that. But so again, it's about doing our own gut check on ourselves to see what we could do and see how we're being congruent with the message that we're sending. And I think that's the problem with a lot of people is they're doing that thing, but they're not checking their own shoeshine. That's a that's a really really good point and and you know what I so I was thinking of this the other day because being in some of the networks I'm in there's always somebody like I don't think people really comprehend how many times a day somebody asks me to donate to their nonprofit and and I don't have the capacity to do it and all my revenue was taken away when stages were taken away so I'm sitting here in a space where everyone's expecting that and so if you judge me on that right now how much did I give away this year it's been nickels and dimes you know, compared to other years, but it's just, just what it is. So you could judge me poorly. Then you might say, well, you've got free time. You could be doing this, but I also have to be building a business and figuring out a way that when opportunities for stages come. So there's such a fine line with that. And I think again, that just being honest with ourselves and not worrying what somebody else says about you. Cause there's been times where we've done tons of park cleanups. We're always in the public eye. Everyone's like, you guys are the best family ever. Okay, and then the next year we're not in that limelight. We're doing something else and people don't see what we're doing. So to the point, I think it comes back to, again, looking inward, being honest, what can I do while making sure my cup stays full so it's in overflow, I'm not depleting. But because like when I was listening to you say that, I'm like, there's gonna be a time and a place where I would love to drop that into you know next door. It's not for me right this second because you know I'm trying to build back up speeches. But once I'm in motion again and you've got money in the pocket and it's not a big, absolutely, in retirement, can you imagine you're looking for something to do? That's something yep. that should be in there all the time, serving people. Absolutely. So I, I love it. And I think that, again, comes to that team, you know, having those people in your life who are calling you out and saying, are you doing all the things you were saying? I've been attacking a lot of people saying you need to be more accountable and trustworthy. And I've been trying to redirect that back on myself and going, am I that person? Am I that person? Let me make sure. Cause I'm being pretty freaking loud right now. I'm like, you are okay. But you know what? What if I wasn't, you know, just the fact that we're taking a moment for awareness to look backwards is, is part of the process. And there's been times where I've caught myself and said, Nope, you're full of shit. You know, the older we get, I think we're better at not being that. I hope, you know, for me, I'm better, but I don't know if that's everybody, but again, We've got to get to a point where we're always mirroring and looking back and saying, before I speak this, am I at least being it? Mm -hmm. So I love it. I love it. That's a great point, Chris.
Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great conversation overall. I mean, just the fact that we need to realize these things and um, it's again, it goes back to that vulnerability. It goes back to, it's, it's great for me not to pretend to appear to be something I'm not, you know, that's what it was for me. It was like when I finally got to, and I was thinking about it, you know, at the age of 27, I finally got to a point that was like one of the best years for me given everything I'd been through up until that point. But at 27, I finally realized I don't need to be somebody. I don't need to pretend that I'm somebody I'm not. I can actually fully embrace all of my past because I used to not tell people that I was homeless and all that other stuff until I became a speaker and obviously it became out. Um, but at 27, there just became the, this level of peace and comfortable comfortability of being who I was and, and loving that and knowing that whatever the journey was going to set out for me, that I was going to keep my eyes open, keep my heart open and continue to learn, learn and let go and let go of what isn't serving me, um, which isn't easy. I mean, it definitely isn't easy. And I think back over the trajectory of my life and everything that I've done, it takes a lot of time, but you know, it's not hard, but it's definitely worth it. And that's what I invite for everybody out there. Um, to follow Scott and I and, and see what we're doing and see who we are having on these shows and what impact we're making in the world because we're doing it from a truly authentic and, and loving place to make the world a better place for who it is and what we do. And we realize that there are certain individuals out there that, that, that this isn't going to resonate with, but that's fine. And perhaps in their journey that they'll come along some other day. But, uh, you know, we're here most importantly to share our lives and our stories with you guys here every single week. You guys are our unfiltered crew, the unfiltered crew. Um, so anytime you have questions or concerns or topics that you want us to address here on the show, special guests you want us to talk about, by all means, send us an email, send us a message, uh, let us know what it is you're thinking so we can have you included in that conversation as well ditto man i echo exactly that i think it's great and uh i look forward to seeing you guys chris go have some drinks man it's your birthday go go do the yeah, right thing here yeah it's, it's time it's been <laughs> it's been well it's been well over uh let's see january 3rd was the last time i had an alcoholic beverage and uh so yeah it's a little bit it's it's time so we'll just we'll cheers our water right now and there you go we could do that we could do that all right brother so final words uh Peace out. We're going to say peace out right now. Just love Please. everybody out there. And we're doing our best just like you guys. And I think checking yourself and making sure that you're being um, in sync with what you're putting out there is important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Being in sync. Ooh, ooh. Don't even get me. <laughs> you're about to bust out some songs. Uh, no, the bye-bye thing. I always get the in sync. Bye-bye. I'm going to make you cry. Bye-bye. No. Ooh, we should do that. That should be our outro song. Bye-bye. <laughs> We're going to make you cry. Who wants to sing us sing? Uh, who wants to see us sing in sing? Bye-bye. Fuck, say that 10 times fast. We love you guys. Unfiltered crew out. What are the next 10 years going to be like? What are we going to make those 10 years mean, make them to mean for us? Are you going to spend them in quality? Are you going to spend them in opportunity? Are you going to spend them in giving and making a difference in this world? Or are you going to spend it being angry and resentful and everything else that's just going to make you toxic and die?